With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey Badgers fans, it's John Veldheis from BadgerBlitz.com. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind everyone that if you like the show, to make sure that you're subscribed on iTunes so you can get new episodes right on your phone. And if you like what we're doing here, we'd appreciate it if you left us a review so that other Wisconsin fans can find us in the podcast directory. And if you like the show and want more in-depth discussion about Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, head on over to BadgerBlitz.com to sign up for a premium membership. It's less than $9 a month and it gives you VIP access to John McNamara's recruiting news and scoops and my insider content like practice reports and game day analysis. Not to mention the Badgers Den, our premium member forum. With so much going on in the world of Wisconsin sports, there's never been a better time to sign up. Head on over to BadgerBlitz.com and click on the subscribe button to sign up today. Welcome back, Badgers fans, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Uh, joined once again by John McNamara, our esteemed publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. How are you doing, John? Very nice of you to say esteemed. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm just brown-nosing, you know. Um, <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a really important week for uh, Wisconsin football, so we figured that we should just kind of dive right into it. We were talking before the show that this is going to be a, uh, a football-only podcast. I know we you know, the last couple of weeks or so with basketball going on, we've been kind of double-dipping a little bit, but with the Badgers uh, set to play in the the Big Ten title game on Saturday night, uh, we figured that this is, uh, this is probably the only thing that we're going to be talking about. So... Uh, Obviously, it's a huge game for the Badgers. I mean, that, that just goes without saying. It, it, it's been several years since they won uh, the Big Ten title. They, they've been in this game a couple times since that 2012 year when they won uh, their last conference title. Uh, came up short in a big way uh, in 2014 against Ohio State. And then last year, uh, the, that, uh, that second half really cost them against Penn State. Um, but this, you know, we were talking before the show that th- this very well could be the most important game in Wisconsin's program history, just in terms of the, the what happens if they win. Certainly the, the benefits and the, the, the I guess, what it, what it would mean. I can't find anything, at least in, in the time that I've been following and covering the program um, that, that stands up to this. I, I don't know. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, I think it's the biggest game in the program's history. And obviously I don't date back – uh, you know, you know, really, I, I got very serious about covering the team, uh, you know, right at the end of Barry Alvarez transitioning into um, Brett Bielema. So, um, you know, if, if you want to go from that point to where we are now, I, I absolutely think this is the biggest game in the program's history. Um, you talk about that 94 Rose Bowl team. Um, but you know, I think getting there was the big thing. And obviously winning was great. And it was huge for Barry Alvarez and the foundation and, um, you know, everything that happened, you know, at the start there uh, is is still very alive in in the walls of this program right now. Um, So, yeah, that was, you know, that was a huge moment for them to take that next step under Barry Alvarez. And this is the potential to take another step from that. Um, You know, like I said, there's, 
there's an excellent foundation uh, built right now, and a lot of it is Barry Alvarez, a lot of it is Brett Bielma. Uh, there's a touch, <laughs> there's a touch of Gary Anderson with the three-four defense. This is their opportunity to compete for a national title, which um, you know, it, Wisconsin fans are, are pretty spoiled. I would say, you know, this is a program that's had a ton of consistency, but you know, there is a large chunk that says when are we going to be able to compete for a national title? And this is the opportunity. If you beat Ohio State, you will be in that uh, that you know playoff, that Final Four, that group that will play for a national title. So, um, the, it, it, in my opinion, this is the biggest game in the program's history, at least since you know Barry Alvarez took over this program. It's the biggest, the biggest that they've had in front of them, in my opinion. I mean, if you take a look at Wisconsin program history, you, you definitely have the 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 uh, before Barry and after Barry in terms of when you're going to date it and this you know thinking about this game and where the Badgers would be if they were to win it uh, you know being in that top four and you know really competing for a national championship um, it, it's it's really kind of remarkable to think about how far the Wisconsin program has come in you know really 26 27 years because I mean Barry you know, took over the program in 1990, I think it was. And so basically just my entire life, like I'm 26. And so the fact that the program could go from, you know, a kind of a perennial, um, you know, bottom of the conference to competing for a national championship in 26, 27 years is really one of, I think, one of college football's more remarkable turnarounds and I mean like it's 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 a long time it takes a long time to really build that foundation and you have to move through a couple different coaching changes and you know you have to find the right fits there and so it's not something that every program can do but I mean like if you think about that whole um the arc of say Wisconsin football history it's it's really quite you know astounding if you think about it that just to just to get to this point I mean I, I wrote about this this week is that you know, you, you don't. You never want to be too results oriented in terms of um, how you think about, especially postseason play. And you know, football is hard to judge because it's a you know, there's a small sample size with games and plays and all that. And so, you know, there's a lot of luck and randomness that goes into it. And so, I think even getting to this point is is something that Badgers fans, I think, should find worth celebrating. But to, to win this game and have a chance to win this game, you know, really, it would be the, the cap to, I think, one of the, the more remarkable college football turnaround stories over the last, you know, quarter century. Yeah, and, you know, talk about the consistency. Uh, you know, what's I think the bowl streak is at, you know, 16 or 17 years in a row or so. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Something like that. Um, and, you know, you've had three coaches in, you know, how many years has it been from – you know, Bielema left, and then Gary Anderson was here for, what, two years, and then Paul, mm-hmm. Paul Chris took over. And to have that consistency, and during that time, uh, you know, you could argue that the program has taken steps forward during that time, which is which is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, the job Paul Chris has done, I think, is has just been excellent this season. Um, you know, I remember going in, you know, in the summer, you know, you, you kind of hear chatter from how summer conditions go and stuff like that. And, and you guys were talking about, uh, you know, this, you know, we want to win a national title this year. And, you, you know, you just hear stuff and you say, okay, that's great. Then you get to Chicago and you and I were down there and you said, mm-hmm. well, why couldn't this team run the table? You know, why couldn't they go 12-0? and 0? 
And then they do that. Yeah. And then, you know, you're here against Ohio State. And I think that, you know, all that goes into it. This is a team that expects to be here. This is not a team that is, uh, you know, playing with house money and they're they telling themselves, you know, whatever we do after this is, is just a positive. This is a team that fully expected to be here and, you know, not only be in the Big Ten title game, which was kind of inevitable with how weak their you know Big Ten West was, but with a chance to go to the to the playoffs. So um, this is a team that's not going to, uh, you know, like I said, be playing with house money or view it as just bonus stuff. This is a team that's also been to the Big Ten title game, so they're used to being here, and I think they expect to beat Ohio State. And uh, you know, just and talking about you know the stuff that you talked about, just the the consistency and you know the, the moment of this game and how how special it is just to be at this point i think this team expects to be where they are right now and they expect to beat ohio state yeah it's 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 really it's uh, you you have to give the badgers a lot of credit cuz uh, for uh, for the schedule that they played I, I know you know it's 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 weaker compared to you know, say your average college football schedule, and that's just kind of the nature of the the Big Ten West at the moment is that most of that division is down and the Badgers are up. And so, by by virtue of that, you know they were basically the runaway division favorite from you know week five or six at that point. And you know, especially when you played Northwestern as your first Big Ten game, and Northwestern ends up being you know the, basically the the next best team uh, in the in the division. You already have that tiebreaker. I mean, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. At that point, but to to maintain that focus uh, each week, you know, and th- there were weeks where you know there were things that were lacking, like uh, the the Illinois game. They, it was kind of a struggle, and uh, it took them a while to pull away from a team like Indiana. Michigan had them, you know, in in kind of a tricky spot um, for a little while there before Alex Hornibrook turned it on. Um, but I that that's the thing that stands out the most to me about this team, and, and why I think that they have a chance to have success this weekend. It's just that they, they've never really let, you know, one of these games, uh, they, well, obviously they didn't let any of the games trip them up. And I think that's because they, they didn't make the game itself um, about more than, you know, what it already had to be. I mean, it was, it was the only game on their schedule. They went out and they won it. I mean, that's, and I think that's the same attitude that they're taking to this, uh, this title game. I mean, they, I mean, they know where they're at in the, in the playoff discussion. Um, but, you know, from the guys that I've talked to this week, that it's just not the thing that's on their minds right now. The thing that on, that's on their mind is playing Ohio state, you know, beating Ohio state and winning the big 10 title. And then just kind of um, seeing where the chips fall after that point. And so the, the, the job that you know Chris and his coaching staff have done to to make sure that, that focus is there, and then you know, obviously you have to give the credit uh, to uh, the the older players and you know the the leaders on that team for helping maintain that focus. But I think that's what stands out the most to me just about this group. And you know, it's I think it's a big part of why you know even with a um, a lighter so to speak schedule, um, I think that's why they were able to uh, to run the table that way. Yeah, and you know, just to listen to him week in and week out and. Um, you know, his message I thought was perfect for, for this season. And, you know, I think Paul, you know, what he, what he brings to the media, what he says, I think, I think in the back of his mind, you know, when you're a head coach and you're around these guys as much as you are, he, he had a pretty good idea that like, we're, we're a good team and we have a chance to do something really special here. But, you know, just his message throughout the year of enjoying the moment, enjoying the game, you know, he would always talk about how, you know, special 
each and every game is because you only get those limited opportunities to play these games. And it was a perfect kind of mantra for this year of how they attack this, this, uh, this schedule. And I think that, you know, he knew going in that if, you know, if they, if they took care of business, you know, they, they would probably have an opportunity to do something special at the end of the year. And they have, um, you know, this is not a team that needed to go out and get style points. And, you know, you, you talked about Illinois, they didn't play great there, but you know, they didn't really put anything out there. They just kind of, you know, went through their game plan and you, you probably wanted to win that game by a few more touchdowns because Illinois was a, was a really bad football team. But it's, you know, someone brought this up on our, on our message board is that, you know, Wisconsin just, you know, they, a lot of those first halves, Wisconsin seemed to just give you nothing. And then they would go into the second half, make a few adjustments. And that's really when you saw their game plan kind of come out. Um, so I think as a whole, the season has been a little vanilla. And I think that's a good thing because, I, I think there's a lot that that still the this team can still do and, and can kind of bring to the table and a lot of the wrinkles that you'll see, um, particularly on offense. You know, in in this game against uh, Ohio State and then beyond that. So I'm excited to see if if they kind of let loose now if they they give that whole playbook because they really haven't needed it. And you know, you you could agree or disagree, John, but in these games they they were able to play kind of vanilla and not show a whole lot and i think that might be an advantage when they go and and play against ohio state and beyond yeah the thing that i'm going to be really interested to see is uh if the badgers kind of pull anything out of their their bag of tricks that they've been sitting on for a while i i just feel like some of their um plays that they've been running they you know we've seen maybe the the first iteration of them in that like we've seen the base play but we haven't had, you know, the, the Badgers haven't had to show, you know, the constraint plays or the the counters that go off of them or something like that. And so I'm curious to see if, you know, I guess the thing that stands out the most to me is um, that uh, that run play where they start off Jonathan Taylor like out um, in the slot or out wide and they, they motion him over and he kind of, you know, he's almost like a, a jet sweep, but there's nobody in the backfield on it. And, you know, they give him the handoff and he kind of, gets that head of steam and turns up feel. I, I just wonder if there's a way that they can, you know, add, you know, to a play like that, something that, you know, an extra dimension, a, a pass, you know, a pass option or a reverse option, something like that. Because, you know, obviously you, you're going to, you're kind of telegraphing that Taylor's getting the ball with motion like that. But I, I guess I'm curious to see what they kind of build off of, because if there's a game to, uh, to show off some of these wrinkles that you've been sitting on, this is pretty much the one. Here's what I'm calling for: Garrett Groshek in the Wildcat <laughs> is gonna th- is gonna throw a touchdown pass. That would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean he's he's a high school quarterback. Yeah. It's gonna happen, right? Like, there's a reason why they put him on film running the Wildcat and running the ball. Like, a, that's that's my bold prediction for the Big Ten title game. All right. Well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to mark that down. We'll revisit this <laughs> next week. I, I mean, I don't think you're crazy um, because the that's always the thing is that you you see with these um, these formations, and you know, it, it takes me back to uh, the 2012 uh, title game when the Badgers, uh, you know, had uh, Matt Canada really throw the kitchen sink at uh, at Nebraska in that game, and they had the barge that year. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. They had James White, you know, getting the direct snap, and then I mean, uh, he uh, he had a bit of an arm to him, and they just you know got a, a couple passes off. Uh, I think with one was a touchdown to Sam Arneson uh, that just nobody expected. He just popped right behind, and I mean, like, what are you going to expect when it's 
you know, 11 guys up front and then James White in the backfield, you're not going to expect him to throw a pass. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't think you're crazy for thinking that. It's, uh, it's, it's, um, I, th- I think that would certainly catch Ohio State off guard. They're, I don't think they're going to prepare for it, but, uh, you know, maybe that's something that's in the back of their mind. Yeah, you know, I'm not implying that, like, you know, teams have these trick plays that they, like, know are going to work. And, you know, Wisconsin was super lucky because they never had to use their their really good trick play. But right. I, just, I just think that every team has a lot of plays that they drop and a lot of plays that they practice a lot, probably. And, you know, Wisconsin, because of, you know, the schedule and because of how talented this team was, they really haven't been forced to – you know, dip into that bag a whole lot. And I think Jim Leonard has shown some wrinkles. Um, yeah. But, you know, even him, I, I just think that he's got he's got a lot more under his sleeve, and Paul Christ obviously, too, as well. So I, I think you're going to see some stuff that you just haven't seen at all this year in the Big Ten title game. I guess, uh, did anything change, uh, you know, your – did anything change about your perception about this football team over the last two or three weeks? I mean, that's, that's the, that was the stretch that people were pointing to in terms of like, if they drop a game, you know, it, it would be in this stretch between, you know, Iowa, Michigan, maybe, maybe not as much Minnesota as we saw um, what kind of state the Gophers were in um, at the end of the year. But I mean, like, do, do you feel like you know more about this team now than you did at say the start of November or are they still kind of a, a wild card to you? I, I do think so. Um, first, you know, I think it starts with Iowa and, you know, the way that they handled Iowa was, was awfully impressive. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you play someone one-on-one in a pickup basketball game and you spot them, you know, five or seven points and you come back and still beat them 21 to 10 or something. You know, mm-hmm. they, with, with, with the interceptions that Hornerbrook threw that game, you know, as the first quarter's going on, you're like, geez, you know, this, this could be a tough one or, you know, is Hornerbrook just going to be off all day long? And then the defense, which has been there week in and week out, uh, you know, comes to rescue the day. And, um, but, the, you know, in the last two games – it's kind of been just a polar opposite with Alex Hornerbrook. You know, you you went through that Iowa game thinking, you know, is this guy going to cost, you know, you a, a chance to have a really special year? And then and he was very sharp against Michigan. He had a great game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Minnesota, he was sharp as well. Now, in Minnesota, the competition level isn't very high there. But he has you feeling real good, you know, going into this Ohio State game. If, that, if he can give you what he gave you the last two weeks – that, I think that changes a lot because, um, you know, it's it makes you feel like, you know, we're not going to have to spot these teams, these turnovers, and the defenses are going to have to break their back to keep Wisconsin in the game and, you know, not win the game for them. But, you know, the defense, like I said, it's just been huge every single week. So, you know, if, if you can get consistency from that offense, uh, no turn, turnovers from that offense, and it's not just Hornerbrook, it's Jonathan Taylor too. He, he's caught the ball right. too much this season. So, if if you kind of give that defense an even playing field, you feel really good about you know what they're going to be able to do for you. Um, so if the offense doesn't turn the ball over it, with the defense that Wisconsin has, arguably the best in the country, you feel good about the game against Ohio State. Yeah, I think that's the turnovers are definitely a huge key for me in this game. And you know, other than that, I, I think the it's you know does JT Barrett play uh, for Ohio State and how if so how much um, because there's that report out there that he had a a knee scope done earlier this week and you know even even with that if it's not if it's nothing more major than that they're saying that he's probable and that he could play but you know you'd have to think that if they did 
some kind of procedure on him. He's, he's not going to be feeling completely like himself. And so, you know, how much do you, how much do you trust him to run your offense as normal, uh, especially when his, you know, his, um, his mobility and, you know, uh, ability to keep the ball on, on, um, the read option plays that they use uh, is, is such an important part of their offense. I, I think that how, how well does Barrett play and how well does Wisconsin let Barrett play is, is kind of my big defensive key. Cause if you remember from that game that they played against Ohio state last year, when they went to overtime that, I mean, his ability to pick up first downs on third and long uh, just with his legs, if, if the Badgers broke contain and um, you know, let him escape out of the pocket, that's a, that's a game changer. And he's, I mean, he's a senior, he knows how to run that offense, um, you know, as well as anybody could on that team. And it's going to be a really big test for, for Wisconsin's defense. Uh, and this is, I think the best offense that they will see all year, uh, no matter, you know, if they, they make the playoff or, or anything like that, but, uh, it's, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting challenge for them. Um, and you know, how will they, how they allow JT Barrett to play and what kind of, you know, who makes the big play on that, you know, in that matchup, Wisconsin's defense versus Ohio state's offense is the big thing that I'm going to be watching for. Yeah. And like you said, JT Barrett, a lot rides on him and what he's able to do. Uh, You know, he's listed as probable. You would imagine that he's going to play in this game. Um, But if he's limited, uh, even though he's very efficient, I, you know, I think he's got just seven, uh, seven interceptions a season, like in three, yeah. three touchdown passes. I think he's the most efficient quarterback in the conference. But you would much rather JT Barrett have to just sit in the pocket and beat you with his arms as opposed to, you know, him being able to scramble. You know, like you talked about last year, Wisconsin jumped out to that lead, but it was JT Barrett that got him back in that game. I think he did he have two rushing touchdowns in that yeah. game, I think, last year. So, you know, you feel a lot better if, if he's just contained in that pocket um, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, where is he? Is he, is he 60%? Is he 70%? Um, you know, if, if they have to go to the backup, Dwayne Haskins, he's a bit more, you know, uh, he's probably got a better arm than, than JT Barrett. Obviously we haven't seen a ton from him. Um, but he, I don't think he's as good with his legs as JT Barrett, you know, when JT Barrett is, is healthy. So, um, you know, I, I would fully expect him to come out there and start unless, you know, he just can't go for some reason. Uh, the surgery is interesting. You know, if I would imagine if, if you're going to have that surgery, you feel like, you know, it, it, it's going to help and he's going to be able to play on Saturday. Um, so it's, it's an interesting thing. It's certainly something to keep an eye on. But if he's limited and, you know, not being able to scramble and get out of the pocket, that's, that's a huge advantage for Wisconsin. Yeah, I think so. Because the, the one – uh, the games where Ohio State's lost, they lost to Oklahoma and they lost to Iowa uh, this year. It's um, a big, I think a big factor has been that both of those teams got to him. Like they, they pressured him. They made him pay for his mistakes uh, when he, uh, when he put the ball up in the air in a place where it should go. And yeah, he's the, he's the big tens, um, you know, top rated quarterback in terms of passer rating. Um, but I think that, that's a large function of, um, you know, teams having to account for, you know, him being able to run the ball and, you know, you give him credit for being able to make uh, throws outside of the pocket and all that. But yeah, I think that if the Badgers can, you know, the, a big, th- a big task, obviously, and one that we haven't even really touched on is um, containing Ohio state's run game, you know, 
not even related to JT Barrett. They have another uh, stellar freshman in J.K. Dobbins who's uh, like a low-volume version of Jonathan Taylor. Their stats look really, really similar if you, you know, put them head-to-head. But he's been splitting time with Mike Weber uh, in the, uh, the Ohio State backfield. And so if you, can, if you can contain those two guys and then make, you know, J.T. Barrett have to throw the ball on, you know, third and eight or something like that and then keep him in the pocket, you know, whether it's pressuring him or just keep him contained so that he can't feel like he can break out and, you know, go use his legs or extend the play that way. I think the Badgers will live with that if that's what they can, if that's what they can get. I mean, their, their secondary is very talented. And I, I think, you know, just if you're looking at comparisons between the last time that Wisconsin and Ohio state um, played in this uh, title game, I, I think the Badgers physically and, you know, from just a program sense, they just match up better uh, and, you know, more evenly with Ohio State than they did, you know, back during the last year of Gary Anderson's tenure. And so I think this would be a really interesting game just to get a, just to get a read for, you know, where the Badgers are at as far as how do they stack up with, you know, the team that you associate with, you know, being the, the best in the Big Ten basically every year. Yeah, I, this is not going to be – I, I would be shocked if Ohio State came out there and and beat them up like they did. Uh, what year was that? 2014. 2014, yeah. <laughs> that was an ugly game. Uh, you know, Wisconsin just got destroyed. I mean, they really just got throttled. Um, I, I can't see a scenario where that happens. Um, you know, the, the defense is too good. I think this team is is, is better coached. They're, they're better prepared. That was, you know, that was a, that was a game I think that showed – just what you know, the strength and conditioning. They they just weren't tough enough to play right uh, that that Ohio State team. And obviously, you know, and being on top of that is that you know Ohio State was just faster than them as well. So right. not only were they a lot stronger, they were just faster across the board. So um, you, you you mentioned the secondary, Nick Nelson. You know, is is a guy that uh, I think is going to leave early for the NFL. I think he'll test well in the combine. And, you know, he's a guy that's like an Ohio State caliber player where, you know, you look across the board, they're all five and four stars. I think Nick Nelson's as talented as anyone on the field in that game, just in terms of raw ability. And, you know, he's a guy that they didn't have last year in that shootout against Penn State. Yeah. And he can be a difference maker this year with, you know, the amount of talent that Ohio State has in the field. You can lock up. Nick Nelson on, on their top receiver and feel pretty good about it. And then Derek Tindall, too. They, you know, they have a great one-two punch there. Um, you, you might worry a little bit about Dakota Dixon's speed and Joe Ferguson's speed over the top with, with some of these guys that Ohio State has. But at that quarterback position, you feel pretty good, and, you know, as opposed to when they played them a handful of years ago, forged on the edges there. Yeah. So uh, I feel like uh, we've been, it's been a lot of talk so far, but I want to get you on the record. Uh, what is your official prediction for, for Saturday? We're, we're just about a little under uh, two full days away from the game. What are you feeling? Yeah, I, I think if Wisconsin can keep them under 21 points, you feel pretty good. So I think Wisconsin I think they'll be able to score, maybe not in the, in the 30 range, but I think they'll be able to score against Ohio State's defense. Uh, like you, like we talked about, John, if, if they can limit the turnovers, I think they'll be okay. Uh, I think this game plays out to a 28-24 game in favor of Wisconsin. Yeah, I, uh, I've kind of gone back and forth about it. I mean, I could be kind of talked in. I honest, honestly, I get kind of, I kind of talk myself in and out of it depending on which team I read about uh, most recently. Like I was going over some uh, 
Ohio State, uh, you know, just film breakdowns of their offense and defense. And you look at that, it's like, how, how does any team beat them? And then you look at, you know, Wisconsin stuff and all that they've done and, you know, the, the stats of their defense is put up. And it's like, how could Wisconsin lose this game? Uh, and uh, I think at the end of the day, I, I uh, am going to settle on uh, Wisconsin 21, Ohio State 17. Um, I, I think I think this is just going to be a um, a coming out party for Wisconsin's defense. I mean, like people have been, you know, it's the, it's the unit that's carried them all year long. You know, this is their chance to go out and show just what they can do against a team that you know no people aren't going to be able to you know explain away you know a, a win over Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. Um, you know, they, they've had so many games this year where, you know, they played a ranked team like Iowa or Michigan, and then, you know, they, they beat them handily, and then they drop out of the ranking. And so it doesn't count as a, a top 25 win for them at the moment and anything like that. And I, th- I think that at this point in the season, the, the Badgers are just ready to show what they can do against a, a another top-ranked team. And if they can do – if they can keep Ohio State's offense in check, I feel like their offense is talented enough now – even without Quintez Cephas at wide receiver, I feel like their offense is talented enough at the skill positions uh, and you know strong and experienced enough at the offensive line where even matched up against a really tough Ohio State front seven, I, I feel like they will be able to put enough points up if their defense can play kind of the way that we've kind of expected them to play over the last you know twelve weeks or so. Yeah, I agree with all that, and you know I go back to what I said at the start of the the podcast is. This team expects to be here, and this team expects to win. Um, you know, it's it's nothing new to them to play in the Big Ten title game. It's nothing new to them to to play against Ohio State and win. I just, I, I just think that the stars are aligned for Wisconsin this year. And you know, I, I think Ohio State is a great team. Um, year year in and year out, they are a great team because of the roster that they have. But this isn't that elite. You know, top of the class, you know, head and shoulders above the rest, Ohio State team. It's an excellent Ohio State team. It's just not one of their elite teams, in my opinion. And then, you know, with with everything that's going on with JT Baird, I think Wisconsin has an edge here, and I think they come out on top. All right. Well, we'll have to revisit this next week, and we'll take a look at your Garrett Groshek prediction, too, see how that pans out. Uh, but uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll check in next week. Uh, I'm going to head down to Indy uh, on Saturday morning. We'll get there with plenty of time. Uh, have a, uh, we've had a, a good couple um, things run on the website uh, already this week on BadgerBlitz.com, and obviously we'll have a lot more uh, leading up to the game and then after the game when we're uh, – when we're in town for that, uh, and uh, you know, if you want to uh, take in the Ohio State Wisconsin basketball game that's coming up earlier, sorry we didn't preview that at all. But uh, you know, with Wisconsin uh, football being in, uh, such a such a big game, we figure that we should uh, spend a lot of time breaking this one down. So, thanks again for listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. We'll talk to you next week.